Now, I am not really used to preaching from a handout, all right? And so we're, we'll do a little bit more teaching tonight. And this is something that Pastor asked me to do, something he's been trying to do here on Wednesday night. So we have uh, this outline there. And, and you can ask my wife. I, I preach from an outline, but I don't always stick to it. And uh, sometimes it just, but now you're going to know if I don't stick to it. So I'm going to do my best, all right, uh, to get here and, and stick to what I was planning to say and, and get through this. And, uh, and uh, we'll see how this works. But uh, I've titled this, uh, Be a Faithful Sower. Be a faithful sower. I hope that you know if you're a Christian tonight that your job is to be sowing the word. You're to be sowing seed. Uh, everywhere you go, it should be a part of your life. Uh, here in the, in the parable, in verse number 5, it says, A sower went out to sow his seed. And then in the explanation of that, down there in verse number 11, the Bible says, now the parable is this, the seed is what? The word of God. All right, that's number one there. The seed is the word of God. Now, what part of the Word of God is he talking about here? Anybody have an idea? The gospel. The gospel. Anything else? I really believe that the seed that's being talked here could be any part of the Word of God. Okay? I believe that right now I am sowing the seed because I am preaching the Word to you. Okay? Most oftentimes when we hear uh, instruction from this parable, and we're going to do the same tonight, we're going to focus on a portion of the Word of God called the gospel. You know, how a person can be saved. That a person needs to understand that they're a sinner, uh, that they deserve to go to hell, that they can't be good enough to get to heaven, or a Catholic church won't save them and take them to heaven, or whatever it may be, right? And then they need to trust that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who came and bore our sins on the cross of Calvary, died, was buried, rose again, today sits on the right hand of the Father. And when they put their faith and trust in what Jesus did for them, uh, they can be saved. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Amen? And, uh, you know, when we go out and we try to talk to people about that, that's what we're trying to share with them. We're trying to specifically sow the seed of the gospel. And so for, for most of tonight, that's what we'll be talking about when we are trying to sow that seed of the gospel. But I'm sowing seed right now. I want you to understand that. Okay? And a lot of times when we look at this passage, we will think, okay, well, we're the uh, sower all right, so the lost people then who need to hear the gospel and respond to it, right, they are the different kinds of soil, right? But I want, I want, I want you to think a little bit about tonight, and it won't be the focus, but just consider tonight that your soil here tonight. Did you know that? You say, are you calling me dirt? Well, the Bible is, all right? And it depends. There's different types of dirt that you could be, right? And so it doesn't necessarily have to do with just the gospel, all right? Um, it could be any part of the Word of God uh, that you're talking about. And uh, so, anyway, just something for you to consider as we start going through this. But for tonight, the seed is the Word of God, and specifically, we'll talk about the gospel as it pertains to being sown here tonight. All right, now the Bible says in verse number 5, a sower. Now, somebody help, help me out here. What does a sower do? You want to, you want to, you do, were you going to raise your hand? No? What do you think? What does a sower do? Spreads. Spreads. Okay. He's trying. He's, he's filled out everything in advance. I, I already know all about him, right? Okay. But what does a sower do? He, he takes what he, he's, he's broadcasting that seed, right? Okay. So the answer there to number two is distribute. A sower is to distribute the seed, okay? 
So if we're talking about the gospel then and we want to distribute the gospel, uh, then we need to be finding some way to do that, don't we? Um, obviously, we can talk to other people. Uh, you can carry gospel tracts with you and you can sow the seed uh, that way. Uh, you can come and you can work in seed line, right? And you can put together Bibles and send those to places where they'll get distributed. You can sow seed that way. Uh, you can give to missions, right? And enable those who are in places that we cannot be physically to sow the seed. There's lots of ways that you can be a sower. Are you with me? But I do think that we all should be sowers where we are as well. In addition to maybe giving to missions or whatever, we need to sow here, and we all are called to be sowers. Now, our sower of the seed distributes the seed. Now, a sower is not one who hoards the seed. Are you with me? They're not going to keep all the seed to themselves. All right? Now, you are farmers. All right, Brother Chris, he knows exactly how many days it takes to grow an ear of corn. I learned this last, last time, right? Right? What happens to, to seed, Brother Chris, if you just keep it there on your counter? Nothing. Nothing. That's exactly the right answer. Nothing happens to seed that is hoarded. Nothing happens to seed that is kept. Uh, there's no way that you're going to grow corn if you don't ever get out there and you don't put the seeds in the ground. You with me? All right? There's just no way that's going to happen. Now listen, with the gospel, we're talking about sowing the seeds of the gospel. What happens to the gospel if it's not sown? Nothing. Now that's, that's kind of hard for us to think about, isn't it? But I, I hope that you'll consider that. Like, think that through. What does that mean? That nothing happens if we don't sow the seeds of the gospel. We're not supposed to be hoarders of the truths that we learn here in church. You know, pastor stands up, he studied, he's preached the gospel to you, and then we need to take whatever we have learned and we need to go out and we need to share it with other people, right? We are to be sowers of the word, okay? Distributors, we're not hoarders. Interestingly enough here, a sower does not necessarily mean a gatherer of the harvest. He's a sower of the seed. Sometimes there's one who sows, and then there is a, another who harvests. Are you with me? And uh, you know what? This can be a little bit frustrating as a sower because you would like to be able to reap the harvest that you have sown. Amen? But sometimes it's not that way. Uh, uh, keep your finger here in Luke. I just want us to consider a couple of passages. Go to John chapter 4, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 36 through 38 there. The Bible says this, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. He that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, and another reapeth. You say, well... You know, I've been sowing the gospel, and I, I, I've been telling the gospel to people, and I've been handing out tracts, and, you know, I, I, I'm just not seeing the harvest. We'll just keep sowing. You just be faithful to sow. And somewhere along the line, some other person may be reaping that which you have sown. We need to keep that in mind, that the sower and the reaper are not necessarily the same. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. The Bible further talks about this here. First Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse number 6. This is Paul speaking here. He says, I have a planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, 
but God that giveth it increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Listen, if you're faithful to sow the seeds of the gospel and other people harvest those seeds, will you be rewarded one day in heaven? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you most absolutely will. The harvest comes, and then both will be rewarded for their work in the process. So let's just be faithful, amen? When you're giving out the seed, just realize that, you know what, you may not be the one that harvests that seed, but you know what, one day, Lord willing, it will be harvested, all right? We're to be distributors. We're to be sowers of the seed. We're not to be hoarders of the seed. We're not to be gatherers of the seed. We're not just merely to be uh, an observer of the seed. We are to be a distributor of the seed. I like to reflect on the gospel, don't you? I like to think about the fact that um, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I can observe it, and I can glory in it. I can even shout and say hallelujahs and praise the Lord and, and get excited about it. But you know what? In doing so, I need to be sharing that with other people. So, the seed is the word of God, and a sower of the seed is one who distributes the seed. How are you doing with that? Are you a seed distributor? Are you a seed sower? Or look in verse number five again. We'll see the answer to number three. The Bible says, a sower, would you say the next two words with me? A sower went out. Nobody said that with me. Have I already put you to sleep tonight? All right, now let's try that again, all right? Number three, we're looking at verse number five. All right, a sower went out. There's your fill in the blanks there. A sower went out. This is so very important. Uh, I have written down here as my notes. You don't, you don't have to turn there uh, with me, but we know Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is just another form of the Great Commission, isn't it? Matthew chapter 28. You know this as well. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. A sower is one who goes out to do the sowing. Could you imagine if you had this uh, big field there that you needed to sow and you tried to do it from sitting in the couch in your living room? It just, it's just not going to work, is it? A sower is not only one who distributes the seed, but a sower is one who goes out to do the distributing. He goes out. Now, you probably know that I like fishing by now. Let's think here just a minute for about a fisherman. A fisherman would not be much of a fisherman if he never went to the lake, would he? Now, a fisherman could have all the tools that he needs. Uh, he could have the boat. He could have the trailer. He could have the truck to pull it. He could have the fishing poles. He could have the tackle boxes. He could have the lures that he needs. He could have the knowledge to use the Pacific lure for the Pacific fish that he's going after. He could have all of that information there. But if he never gets up and goes, is the guy going to catch any fish? He might be able to catch some fish on the Wii. But that doesn't really count, does it? You know what the Wii is, right? little uh, Nintendo-type thing. That doesn't really count. You actually got to go out to the lake, right? you got to put the line in the water. And that's the way that you can catch a fish. Fishermen are going to go to the lake while a sower is going to go to the field. And we need to be those 
that go out. So the seed is the word of God. A sower of the seed distributes the seed, and a sower went out. Right? Number four, and we'll see it there in verse number five, it says, a sower went out to what? To sow. Now, this is just fascinating. So the example, or are you not going through? Okay, we're on number four now. All right, a sower went out to sow. All right, a sower went out to sow. Now, there's uh, different schools of thought out there on, on how you should do evangelism. Are you with me? You know, some people would say, well, you know, we need to have a church-wide visitation program, and we need to all get together at the same time, and then we can uh, go out and go sowing. And others say, well, no, you shouldn't do that, right? Uh, it should just be part of your lifestyle, and you should just share the gospel wherever you go, and it should just be kind of a, uh, who you are, right? Now, which one of those is true? Both, right? There's nothing wrong with either one, right? You should be a sower all the time, right? Every day. Wherever you go, you should be thinking about sowing the seed of the Word of God. Are you with me? Amen? All right, so make it a part of who you are. It should just be a part of your life. This is the way Jesus was. Um, I was here before I preached on Zacchaeus. That was a long time ago. I'm not sure if you remember, but Jesus, I mean, he was just going throughout his day. And he ran into Zacchaeus, and he was sowing the seed as he went throughout his day. That's what we, you and I need to do, okay? We need to be seed sowers. But you know what? It's okay to set aside a specific time, right, to sow. That's what's happened here. A sower went out for a purpose, okay? He went out for the purpose of sowing. So there's nothing wrong with setting aside a specific time and saying, okay, uh, on this date and on this time, then I'm going to go specifically for the purpose of sowing the seed. That's okay. And in fact, more than being okay, I would say that it's biblical, all right? Because right here, the sower went out to sow, and we know that the seed is the Word of God. So a sower, a distributor, went out to distribute the Word of God. That's okay. That's a good thing, and you can do that, and you should do that, and I encourage you to do that. And there's, uh, you know, I set aside a time today to go up. Now, I wasn't necessarily trying to talk to people today. I was hanging door hangers today, but I was talking to people yesterday, and Lord willing to be talking to people tomorrow, and it's okay. You set aside a specific time to go out. Now, we go out, don't we? And we have our purposes for going out. Um, it's Wednesday night here, so we can be a little informal, right? What are some of the reasons that you go out? My wife makes me. Your wife makes you, right? Or maybe your husband makes you, right? Or whatever it may be, right? Absolutely, Okay. What does she make you go out for? Because you've been bad, probably. Yeah, I need a break, right? Now, seriously, what are some of the reasons that we go out? To make me go. Well, yes, I'm talking about just us as we go out into our lives. I mean, you know, for example, uh, I might go out because I'm hungry and I want something to eat, right? Right? What do you think? Why would you go out? To spread the gospel. Man, we're on the spiritual vein here, right? That's good. I'm trying to think of some other reasons we might go out. Yeah. To go grocery shopping, right? Uh, for the necessities of life, okay? Um, we might go out for entertainment, okay? I have noticed uh, since we got here, uh, been riding bikes just a little bit, there's a bowling alley right over here. How many of you have been to the bowling alley, right? You probably went to the bowling alley for the specific purpose of entertainment, didn't you? All right, so there's these different reasons that we can go out, right? And so what the Bible is saying here is a sower went out to sow for the purpose of sowing the Word of God. And it's okay, is what I'm saying, 
to set aside a specific time for seed sowing. Do you have a busy life? Boy, I do. It just, I mean, there's always something to do, isn't there? And you know what will happen if we don't plan to do things like this? Well, we won't do it, will we? Why? Because there's so many other things. Uh, you've got to mow the grass. You've got to change the oil in the car. You've got to fix something that broke around the house. You've got to go shopping for the necessities of your life. And all of these different things that factor in there. And it is very helpful to factor into your schedule and to plan for a time of seed sowing to make sure that you go. All right? And so this is all here in the text. Now, we've got this all established here. Number one, the seed is the word of God. Number two, a sower of seed distributes the seed. Number three, a sower went out. And number four, a sower went out to sow. Now, when you go out to sow, in this passage, there are four different results. Right? And that's kind of the uh, table there that's on, on your handout. And I just want us to walk through that here uh, and consider these four different kinds of results that we'll run into. All right, so the wayside is found in verse number five. Let's read it there. The Bible says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now look down at verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be what? Saved. Okay? All right, so... Let's talk just a little bit. If you are a sower of the seed and you are out sharing the gospel with people, one of the anticipated responses is this one right here. There's going to be the wayside. There's going to be the ground, if I can say it that way, that's been trodden down. These people are not going to understand what you're saying to them. These people are not going to be interested in what you have to say to them. And you know what? They're not going to get saved because they're not going to receive the word. All right? Anybody who shared the gospel ever in their entire life, have you ever run into the wayside? Yeah, absolutely, right? Can I just tell you this? There's a lot of wayside in our world. There's a lot of wayside in St. Mary's. And there's a lot of wayside right here in Minster. There's a lot of wayside out there. All right? Now, we need to understand this as a sower. We need to understand that, hey, some of the seed that we distribute is going to fall by the wayside question for you. Does that mean that you did something wrong as the sower? Of course not, because we can't tell what's wayside until after we've sown the seed, can we? And even then, we don't even really know, right? So it's hard for us as sowers to know exactly where the ground or what, it, what kind of ground it's laying on, but we should anticipate at least in some way, shape, or form, we should anticipate running into the wayside. Right, now, the Bible says there at the end of verse number 12, it says, The devil takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. All right? Now, here in this uh, verse, there's no springing up, there's no life, there's no anything. And the Bible very clearly teaches in here, right there, it says, lest they should be saved. So these people do not get saved, even though they hear the word. Okay? So they do hear it, all right? but they don't understand it. The devil takes it away, and then they do not trust Christ as their Savior. I was just thinking about uh, an example of that as I've gone out. Well, the, the guy who called us a Bible thumper, Chris, right? Uh, he, was, he was the wayside. He's just not interested, all right? Somebody's probably shared the gospel with him before, and he said he wasn't interested, okay? And so he's just, it's just the wayside, all right? This is going to be part of what 
we run into when we go out. All right, now, the Bible says in verse number 6, And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was, would you say the next two words? Sprung up. Now listen to me. I'm not a farmer, but this sounds to me like life. Are you with me? So a seed goes into the ground, and when it springs up, what is that? That's life, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's exciting, okay? If we're talking about sowing the seed of the gospel, listen, what we want to see is life springing up, right? This is someone who gets saved, right? There is life that is here. There's germination, all right? All of that is there. This person, there is springing up. By the way, the, the, the rock, the rocky ground, there's springing up. In the thorns, there is springing up. And in the good ground, the same phrase is used, springing up, okay? So there are three different categories here, and I believe that all three of these are people who trust Christ as their Savior, talking about the gospel here, and get saved. So we should anticipate then that we would find some that are not the wayside, and we'd find some that would accept Christ as their Savior. Are you with me? Amen? Would that be an encouragement to you as a sower? To anticipate that if you sow the seed, you're going to find some people who will believe? Amen. That's an encouragement to me. All right, now let's see what happens here with the rocks. All right, so we've seen the springing up there in verse number 6. And it says, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. All right, now go down to verse number 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, for, for, for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. The parallel passage over in Matthew says that they are offended at the word. Okay? Now, here's a picture of a seed that's fallen onto stony ground, and uh, it's there, and there is life that sprungs up, all right? But then the sun comes up, and the rays of the heat are, are beating down on it, all right? And we know that that would be trials, testings, tribulation, okay? Something that they hear in the Word of God that they don't like, and they are offended, all right? Now, why are they offended? Because there's no depth of what? Of understanding. Are you with me? All right, so here's this case. And now this is something that we have to anticipate, all right, as sowers of the seed. Sometimes we're going to share the gospel with somebody who doesn't know anything about the Bible. Doesn't that make sense? All right, this is a case that you run into. We live in a biblically illiterate society. Used to, you could talk to people and they would understand the Bible stories. But today, people just don't have a clue. My mother uh, tells a story of just uh, maybe, maybe two years ago where she was doing a, a little thing at their church, and they were doing a trunk retreat. Now, I don't know if you agree with trunk retreat. That's besides the point. Just listen to the illustration, all right? So they were doing a trunk retreat, okay? And uh, these kids came around, and she was doing Noah's Ark, okay? And so before she realized it, she had a whole bunch of kids kind of sitting out there in a semicircle around uh, her thing, and she's teaching the story of Noah's Ark to these kids, and they had never heard it before. And then as she's teaching it and she's realizing that they have no idea what's happening next in the story, she realizes that their parents are standing behind them in this semicircular and they're hanging on every word of it as well because they don't know the story. Okay? Listen, the knowledge that we have far exceeds and outweighs the knowledge of the general public about the Bible. One of Satan's greatest tools to keep you from being a distributor of the seed is to think that they're going to ask you some question that you don't know. 
If you'll just begin talking to people, you'll realize they don't know anything about the Bible. Okay? And there's almost nothing that they can ask you that you won't have a response to. And if there is, just tell them, look, I'll, let's ask my pastor. I don't know the answer to that question. Okay? But just anticipate, there's a lot of people out there that have no depth of understanding about the Bible. Now, when you share it with them, they might get all excited. Oh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. That's so exciting. You mean if I trust in that, I can go to heaven? Yes. And you tell them and you help them. And you know what? They pray and they trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And does that, does that person get saved? Absolutely. It's simple to get saved, isn't it? It's just simple faith and trust, belief, right, in the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Now, to give an example of a lady I met down in Fort Lauderdale. Her name is Luna, all right? Uh, we were out knocking doors in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, my partner that I was with that day, his name's Jeff, he knocked on the door, and he heard this lady who was crying inside. Now, this lady comes to the door, and she cannot believe that Jeff is there to invite her to a good church because she was inside on her knees praying and asking God to send someone to invite her to church because she needs to go. She recently came to the States, she recently converted to Christianity from being a Muslim. Her husband had just gotten put in prison, all right? And she was in a mess because she didn't have a job, and she was about to lose everything that they had there, and she was on her knees praying to God, if you're real, would you send somebody to help me, okay? We show up at the door. We tell her about this church. She comes to the church. The pastor is just preaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. He's preaching about tongues and all that there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And he gets to the part where he says that ladies should be silent in the church. And this woman gets offended. She didn't know anything about the Bible, right? But I tell you what, she left madder than a... Woo! She was hot, okay? And it's been a struggle uh, for them to be able to make connection with her again. And they're still, as far as I know, still working with her, trying to get her to come back. Now, she was easily offended at the word. Are you with me? And because she's easily offended at the word and because she has left and because she doesn't understand things, there's going to be no fruit in her life. Are you with me? There's going to be no way for her to mature. Are you with me? In her Christian walk with the Lord. Does that mean that she's not saved? Absolutely not. That means that she is saved, but that means that there's no fruit in her life. Okay? That's not the way any of us want to live. But listen, as someone who sows the seed, we should anticipate that. All right? Listen, if we are sowing the seed and somebody comes here to this church and they've trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior and the Word of God is being preached, you know what may happen? They may get offended and they may just walk right out of here because they don't like what they heard from the Bible. Okay? They don't know what the Bible says. Now, what's the solution to that? The solution to that, here's what a lot of people think. Some people think there is no solution. All right? Well, it's the rocky ground. Oh, well, they're gone. But no, the solution is discipleship. As soon as a person gets saved, what do you have to do? You have to get in there. You have to start teaching. You have to start getting them through into the Bible so that what? They develop roots. Are you with me? I don't think that if you find ground that is stony, that's just a, you know, oh, well, you know, it's stony. No, we work that ground and we try to clean out the rocks that are around it and we try to give them the depth, and we, and we put the fertilizer on there. We do everything that we can to help that ground be able to have those roots and put those roots down so that then they can withstand the trials and tribulations, and they'll understand that what the Bible says to them is good. Does that make sense? All right, so it is important, then, the discipleship element to the seed sowing. When somebody gets saved, 
It's not that, whoo, thank goodness, man, we've got another convert. We're done now. Let's move on and try to find somebody else to see saved. No, listen, the process has just begun. Now we have to pour our lives into that individual to train them and to teach them about what the Bible says so that they're not easily offended and they don't turn tail and leave later on down the road. Does that make sense? All right. So here, that's what it says. All right, now, the next ground. We have the rocky ground. And then the Bible says that we have the thorny ground. All right, now these hear the word also. And there is springing up in verse number 7. It says, And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. All right, so there is life. And then we see that life being choked out. So let's look down in verse number 14. It says, And they that fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now, this is interesting, all right? So they're springing up, all right? So there's life again. Here's another person who, when they hear the gospel, they trust in the gospel and they trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen? You can get excited if you'd like to, all right? Here's another person who gets saved, all right? Now, this person uh, comes, and uh, over a period of time, the Bible says that growing up with it are the thorns, okay? So there's the cares, and the riches and the pleasures of this life. Can I just be honest with everybody here today? I believe that this describes much of the people who are filling the church auditorium on any given daily basis. We're Christians, but we are choked out by the riches of this world, by the cares of this world, and by the pleasures of this world. And as a result of our emphasis being on those things, there's no fruit in our lives. Are you with me? It's easy for us sometimes to talk about it as if it's out there and people that we don't know. But you know what? Let's make application to it today. This can be us. This can be saved people who, who are not bringing fruit to, to fruition in their life because they're choked out with everything else that's going on in life and they're giving the preeminence to those things. Okay? Now, if you're just honest with me, you've met a lot of people like this, haven't you? You've seen people get saved, come to church for, oh, I don't know, maybe they came for a couple of years, right? And then they decide that, you know what, I'd rather spend Sundays on the boat at the lake because that's just more fun and I enjoy it, right? And uh, so I'm just going to go do that. And so they start doing that maybe once, a sun, once one Sunday a month, and then it's two Sundays a month, and then it's three Sundays a month, and then they're just always out at the lake. And if they're not at the lake, they're camping. If they're not camping, they're out riding four-wheelers. And they're, they're not doing that, they're out shopping, or they're out doing something. What happened to them? The cares of this world began to dominate their life. You know, as a warning to us all here tonight, this could all be our testimony if we aren't careful. Let's not allow this to happen to us. Amen? Cares choked out the seed so that there was no fruit. Listen, as we sow the seed, we should anticipate that this is going to be the case of some of those we talk to who come, they get saved, and they have all this other influence in their life. What's the solution to that? Discipleship. Teaching, training, and instruction in the things of the Lord. Okay? And then, of course, there's a good ground. We should anticipate that too, amen? All right, the ground, they're springing up. There's life, and then with patience, there is abundant fruit, all right, of different variations, all right? Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some in 100-fold. So we should anticipate these results that are out there. 
All right, now let's, uh, as by way of conclusion, we'll mention two more points and then I'm done. I'm almost done, so hang in there with me. All right, number five. A sower of the physical seed can target good ground. A sower of physical seeds can target good ground. Listen, you wouldn't be much of a farmer if you didn't do this. You go out, you prepare the ground, and man, when you put that seed in the ground, you're pretty much rest assured that seed's going to grow. Somebody was telling me the other day about folks around here when they buy soybeans, they can buy a chemical to spray right after they do it, and it kills absolutely everything that's out there except for that uh, soybean. So then it pops up and it doesn't have any other distractions. I mean, we've got this down to a science, don't we? Well, listen, it's a little bit different in the spiritual realm. Number six says a sower of spiritual seed should anticipate all four of these results. Okay? We can't know where the good ground is. Okay? And by the way, we're not told to only sow the seed where there's good ground because we just simply don't know where that good ground is. So our job is to be sowers of the seed. And we should anticipate that in the sowing we'll have all those various results that might kind of happen. Let's kind of come back now to where we started again. Every time pastor stands here or someone stands here and preaches the word, they're sowing the seed. And the question is, what kind of ground are you? What kind of ground are you? Are you the good ground that's receiving the seed and having the life and having the fruit that is being produced in your life? Or maybe you are the ground where the thorns are growing up around you. Maybe you're the ground that's the rocky ground. We've talked some about what the solution is there. There's some work involved here. But what kind of ground are you? I hope that this has been a help to you. The seed is the word of God. A sower of seed distributes the seed. A sower went out. A sower went out to sow. We should anticipate those four kinds of results. And then a sower of physical seed, they can target good ground. We can't do that as sowers of spiritual seed. A sower of spiritual seed should anticipate these results. And then, so key, discipleship can change the rocky ground and the thorny ground into good ground. And I hope that this will have been a help to you.